Sivan. And we're here in the virtual Hollywood Shtibo. Daftzadok Ches. I will start from the second to Tzadok Zayinam Beis, second to last line, at the end of the page. Says the Gemara. Tan Rabbanon Hazayrik Merushus HaRabim so you're standing on one side of a public domain. There is a street, uh, sorry, not a street, a private area of four amos in between you and the next public area. So in the middle of this big public uh, fairgrounds or highway, you have this area of private which is owned by somebody i think you see sometimes like there's a house which is you know out of the middle of nowhere one house which is basically causing the whole i-95 to turn you know different parts of north carolina south carolina or yeah you'll find on a highway if one guy who wouldn't sell to the government and they didn't use uh eminent domain and they didn't move his house and therefore uh you'll have one private area that's smack in the middle of two public uh, places. So, and you throw from one public side of the street to the other, one side to the other, if it's a gap of four amos in between, then you are chayiv for carrying on Shabbos. We had previously a machlekes, whether it was uh, chayiv twice or once for throwing into the private domain here and then back out into the public domain says the Gemara, if the area was less than four Amos, then you're Potter. My Kamash Milan, the Gemara, top line of Tzadok Chesem Aleph asks, what's the Chiddush over here? If you throw from one domain to another, yeah, we know. That's what we just spent the whole daf learning, that you're going to be Chayib. Says the Gemara, this is what it's come to teach you. Shuyais, the Chiddush is that case that if it's less than four Amos, we don't view it in the airspace as, as it's actually stopping, but since it's one row, therefore it's, uh, and it's stopped and started in a public domain, and it, even the area in between is not considered a large enough gap to make a half sick. Therefore, the two, we look like the two, two public domains and have joined together. Amar of Shmuel Bar Yehuda Amar Rabbi Abba Amar Huna Amar Rab. Says the Gemara, three lines down. Amar of Shmuel Bar Yehuda Amar Rabbi Abba Amar Huna Amar Rab. Hamavir Dalad Amos Berushus Arabim. If you, Makura, uh, if you carried in a public place, however, somebody built a roof over this public area, Potter, today, even though it's a, not owned, it's a busy place, it's part of an area that 600,000 people pass through, somehow it has a roof over it. Still, you're going to be Potter from carrying there on Shabbos. And I guess not because it has all of a sudden the status of a private domain, 
let's say for example, they all of a sudden decided to build a roof over uh, the I-95. You have overpasses, you have covered areas on busy highways, right? You have uh, overpasses on the I-95 or something like that, which we consider to be Rishasarabim, the Raisa. So uh, even that, uh, underneath that covered area, you're potter. Why? Says the Gemara, about six lines down, seven lines down, because it's not comparable to the camps that the Jews had lived in, that they were set up in the desert, that it doesn't look like that uh, they, their, their areas in between the camps were not uh, covered. And therefore, it's where well, the prohibition of carrying didn't apply. Where it was, it was, it was said on a on a public area that's not uh, that nobody has any dwelling there, and that it's not covered. Says the Gemara, any would it, would it also be an example of more practical? Is like the parks that have barbecue areas that are covered. So it's a Except public domain. Men, let's say. I mean, I'll tell you why it's not. Yes, but those areas are probably not a, pro, a public domain to begin with. Okay. But well, I mean, they didn't I have a fence no, around it, let's say. I get, well, right, or if it's a, like a real park, that's right. If it didn't have a fence around, like a national park or something. Or even on some of the beaches, they have uh, covered barbecue areas, you know. Yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. that. Um, okay. That would exactly. So uh, any of these play, any of these situations would be considered not similar to the real Rosh Hashanah that had existed in the midbar at the time of the Mishkan, and therefore you would be putter. Any the Gemara is that so? Vahagolus the Mukurus happen. The wagons which carried the beams that were used in the construction of the Mishkan were covered, it were in fact covered. So Rashi explains that the, the beams themselves were cons- considered like a cover over the wagon as it, uh, and at least at this point in the Gemara, it uh, covered the entire wagon and therefore it was considered covered, so to speak. But the wagons of the Mishkan and uh, the Midbar that carried the stuff for the Mishkan, the spaces underneath the wagons, and in between each wagon, and on the sides of the wagons, all have the status of Rishasarabim. So in fact, underneath the wagons, where the beam was definitely covering, the, the beam of the Mishkan, which was on the wagon, was definitely covering that area, was uh, had a status of Rosh Hashanah. So what are you telling me that there were no covered public areas at the time of the Midbar, that they didn't have such a space that was Rosh Hashanah, yet it was covered? In fact, they did, underneath the wagons that were traveling, carrying the heavy beams. Says the Gemara, so the Gemara explains that uh, when did Rav say 
that statement that so Shusa Rabin, with the Rasa, the area that uh, the area that were when the beam was uh, was uh, stacked up, so it had two. It was on the wagon, but it didn't cover the width of the wagon. It uh, only covered part of the wagon. And there was definitely a space underneath the wagon that was not covered by the beam. And uh, that's what he was talking about. That's what, when we said that the area under the wagons were considered a public domain, we're talking about the uncovered area. But the area that's covered uh, would have been considered a not not would have not been considered a rishusarabim deraisa. Says the Gemara, let's start doing some math to calculate how it really looked. What was on the how the the beams really were transported? Mechdi, is this so? The the length of the wagons were five amos. Uh, the, the, each wagon was five amos. How big were the, were the beams? Amso palga. So the beam, the, the, they were one and a half amos wide. How many beams did they do at once? Tlasa, because five, one and a half, five divided by one and a half will be three. We'll take up four and a half. You still have partial palgadamsa. Uh, you still have half an arm of open space. Um, you still have uh, uh, half an arm of open space. Frank the Gemara, it's not good enough. He shot Wouldn't you say that we had the principle which we're going to use now? to say that any open space in between the beams, they love a dummy. Didn't we learn that halacha Moshim is Sinai? And if they, uh, if they uh, had a less than a three ama, three tvachim space, so then there was lavad, and the area was not considered uncovered anymore. If altogether you have half an ama, half an ama is three tvachim, six tvachim to an ama. So, uh, and, and if you had three beams lying, if you had three beams across a space of five, uh, five amas, altogether you probably had a little bit of space in between each beam, but not enough that it would be three tzvachim, and therefore there's no uncovered area once you push love it in there. Uh, who said they stacked the, they put the, the beams on the width of the wagon? They would put them uh, on their, not, uh, not on the width, but on the, uh, the on, it wasn't necessarily square, the beams. And if you put it on its side, sticking up, so then it was one at one amma wide, really. And if you so if you put them on their side, so then you only had three out of five amas covered by the beams of the wagon. And uh, and that will allow you a space 
of more than three tvachim to create a Roshus Rabim Raisa underneath the wagon. Says the Gemara, we're not having any of it. Soif, soif, sumcha, the sumcha, the karish, kamahave. How much was the depth of the beam? Amsa, it was one amma. Kamahave moisiv. How many did they put on, according to what we're saying now? How many is the most they could have put on? Now they could, uh, even though it's one ama, but I guess they had to have uh, a little bit of space in between each one so that they shouldn't knock into each other. Says the Gemara, Moisib Arba, they would put four on. They didn't put five, and they didn't put three, but they would put four on. Um, Rashi says that they weren't touching each other. Um, and he goes through the cheshben of four. How did we come to the conclusion of four? First of all, we assume you put the max you could on each wagon. Um, and there were 12, uh, there were 48 beams altogether. There were 48 beams altogether and there were 12 wagons. Um, so therefore, we, the, the, right, one for each, I guess, uh, we know that there were 12 wagons. And so therefore it comes out to be 40. Um, not sure. Earlier we said that there were, there were five on a wagon, uh, three on a wagon. So I'm not sure how, um, how, we, why, how we changed that. But I guess it's, we didn't necessarily know. We knew how many beans there are. We didn't know how many wagons but now we're assuming that uh, there were, if there were 48 beams, there had to have been 12 wag. Uh, there had to have been 12 wagons. You couldn't put them touching. You couldn't put them uh, packed that they were scraping each other. So there had to have been one ama altogether of a space on this. Uh, you had to have one ama altogether on a, as a space on this on the wagon. So says the Gemara, Pashala Amsa, you have one Amma left over. He shadalamar baini ubaini kalabadami. Says the Gemara, you're back to our original problem. That uh, you're back to our original problem because that if you divide that one Amma in between each of the four. You're still not going to have three. <coughs> you're still not going to have three tefachim. Uh, uh, and therefore, you're going to have lavat. If you learn, according to the one who held that there's a crushing, no matan, even ama, no malin, kalin, behalchim, ad ka'etzpa, shapim. If there is one opinion that says that the sh- sh- the beams were narrower on one end than the other, and that in fact they were only one ama thick, all the way to uh, all the way at the bottom, but at the top they were only a finger's breadth thick. So then you have a space of the wagons that clearly you could have five amas 
and four finger breaths, uh, four etzbas. So you have uh, five bachim of uncovered. So you'll have, uh, you'll easily have uh, a shear where there's no lavan. And now we solve our problem where there was a rishus harabim underneath the wagons. But according to the other opinion that says that they were the same thickness on the top and on the bottom, that's our original question. You do not have an area in between the beams that were on the wagons that will allow you to say that there's an uncovered part that could be considered a public domain. The covered part of the wagons that were covered over by the beams would be uh, considered, the covered part would be considered, um, uh, not a Rosh Hashanah So we're still trying to resolve our original question. We said originally, if you have a public area, which is covered, you're not high for carrying on Shabbos, because that's not similar to the Mishkan. And the Gemara said, we have another Brisa, which tells us, that the area underneath the wagon was, was considered a public domain. Why should it be considered a, a public area if it's covered, like the first statement that we had? The Gemara is trying to say that there was parts of it that were not covered, and, we're still, and the Gemara challenged that, no, but they have love it. Even the areas in between are not big enough to call it its own area of uncovered Shusarabim. And this... Uh, statement of Rav seems to refute the earlier statement of Rav of Rav Huna uh, that uh, if it's uh, that Makura is Potter. In fact, it's re- it's really like it's a it's almost like a stira because Rav is ultimately saying both of them. Am Rav Kahana comes along with Kahana to save the day. There's Rav Kahana, second line from the end of Tzadik Ches Amar Aleph ninety-eight a boy. We're talking, we're not talking about the frames covering the area. We're talking about the, when the wagon was empty and just had the frame of the wagon, the chassis, right? I think that's what we call it. And the, underneath the chassis, there were, the, the chassis was just a frame and there were definitely holes when there was no beams there covering it. It was like a flatbed truck, a wagon. And therefore, the areas were uncovered and considered a Rishus Rabim. Says the Gemara, How were these wagons built? How were these frames placed? Um, it says the Gemara, If you tell me that it was placed, on top of the wagon, Agala Gufa Makurahave wasn't the wagon itself uh, have its own floor. It had its own covering, and who care? And and the the chassis, the heavy frame that would support the weight of the of the beams, is not going to take away the, from the fact that it's already a covered area. So it seems like the Gemara understood that there was uh, both a chassis or something, you know, a, a support system to hold up the beams, 
and there was a floor as well. So we're back to our original question. Says the Gemara, we're not talking about the coverings of the beams when the wagon was loaded up with beams and with a frame to support it, but rather we're talking about before that stage, they would had just put the yisedes are the stakes, the pegs that were used in the mishkan to hold to, to anchor the mishkan. So uh, those were on the wagon already, um, and at a time when the wagon wasn't really covered and didn't really have a floor to it. Uh, so I guess there was they would stack the wagon at different times. A different, uh, you know, they would load it up, and the first thing they would put on were these narrow stakes that were used in the Mishkan, and they didn't really take up the whole area of the wagon, and therefore, uh, it, it's the areas in between this, the, these pegs that were not covered by these pegs was larger than three Tzvachim, and there was no Lavud, and we found you an answer to the contradiction, when do we say that a covered area of a public domain is considered permissible to carry on Shabbos? That's when there's uh, when it's covered. And when did we say the wagons were considered a public uh, pro- a public domain and would not be permissible? Before they had put the beams or the frame to support the beams on, they already loaded up the wagons with these pegs, which didn't take up much space. And that's when Rob was saying that the area underneath it, where it was just a Rabban Dei Raisa. Tan Rabbanan. Kroshim omatim oivin ama omamalim kolin v'hochanat ke'etzba. Now we quote the Raisa that we mentioned earlier, that the beams, in fact, were not one, the beams that were used in the Mishkan were not one measurement. On one side, they were an ama thick, but they were like a they got thinner and thinner towards the top. Where do we see that? Shenema, as the Pasuk says in Shemais, Vayiyu say amim al, sorry, Yiyu say amim al roishai ala tabasa echas, kenya l'shneim l'shneim mutsas. Yeah, that's the Pasuk. Yiyu samim al roishai. L'halan hu aimer. What does that mean? It should be complete at its tip. It says in Yeshua, that tam also means to be cut off, meaning it got, uh, it came to an end. So I guess the one end of the beam has to look like the end, and one looks like the beginning. Obviously, the one that was, uh, we see that there was a difference between how the sides, how the beam looked, from one end to the other, and therefore we assume that it was not a total, uh, it was not one Amma the whole time. That is the opinion of Dibre Rabbi Yehuda. That is the opinion of Yehuda. Rabbi Nechemia Aimer, Nechemia says, Yeshem Shomatan Aivin Aimer, Amma, Kachmamala Aivin Amma. That no, this was the same, and again, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the whole question that we had in the previous Gemara. The whole steerer didn't apply because there was definitely areas where there was no lovid on the wagon. According to Nehemiah, no, it was one ama thick, 
from the both sides. As it says, Yachtov, uh, that they were as one, as one, meaning that both the top and the bottom uh, were, it shall be to, uh, both the top and the bottom uh, were considered the same, were the same width. So how does Rabbi Shua reconcile the Rabbi Huda's proof? What does he do with Rabbi Huda's proof? The Pasuk says Tamim, that it, and Tamim means that it came to an end, that the two ends, the beginning, one was the top and one was the bottom, one was the beginning, one was the end, and they didn't, they, they were different, they were recognizably different. Says the Gemara, Ahu, the Lesu Shalman Lesu the Nisra. What that means is that uh, Tamim means complete, that they should bring whole beams and not, uh, and not pieces of a beam, I guess, uh, or, or some other type of, um, in the Sarma, I, I like uh, boards. So they shouldn't take uh, beans from two different pieces of woods. The, right, don't build a bean out of uh, thinner wooden boards. And it, you have, it has to be that the wood is actually as thick as an ama from the get-go, not that you nail together a few different boards to make an ama thickness. The idach, and what is, what is Rabbi Yehuda, where does he learn out this uh, halacha of, uh, of, uh, sorry, what does he do with Nehemiah's pasik? doesn't say yachtav that the top and the bottom, both sides of the beam were together the same amount. Says the Gemara, who the loy lish lechafinu mehadadi. That pasuk yachtav doesn't mean that the top and the bottom of the beam are the same width. Rather, it's coming to tell you that the uh, beams should be straight. Yachtov, they should all be perfectly aligned one with another and not uh, perfectly aligned one with another and not uh, uh, one higher, one lower, out uh, one closer, one further. It has to be, it has to look uniform. That's uh, actually beautiful. The Rotera going to come up because this is Parsha. And when you light the Menorahs, right? They were all in one line, all with one unity. Bishlama says the Gemara. Bishlama the Mandi Amar Kishem Shomel Matin Oven Amar Kachmamal Oven Amar Hainu Dixiv. We understand the following pasuk. The pasuk says in Shmois Uliyarkase Hamishkan Yama Tasa Shisha Krashim that you shall make six uh, on the on the west on the western side. You'll do uh, six beams, ushnei krashim tasel mitzayis, and two for the corners. As you push your dahani memalile lesumcha dahani, and so it's the the width of the of the beams um, joins in with the other six, so the. Uh, the corner, the, the two that are on the corners, the two that are on the corners, the two beams that are on the corners, um, 
I'll just go through Rashi over here. Rashi explains that it went like this. So if you had six beams, and each one was one and a half amas, um, so you're up to nine amas. The Mishkan was 10 amas wide, so you're still missing on, the, on each side one amma. But if you have uh, the two beams from the other direction, half an amma from each one, then you get each side to be 10 amas. So basically, it was nine amas from the beams of each side. And then the corners, the corners had beams that gave each corner a half an amma for each side. So then it makes sense if you tell me that it's that they were a full amma thick. As the what's missing from the six beams was filled in from the beam that was attached at the corner from the other side. Wouldn't you have a problem that you uh, that, that that the corners, the beam wouldn't be the same size, and it uh, uh, from the from one side to the other, and once uh, and therefore the it would uh, stick out. It would, it would stick out on one side. As the Gemara, the Shafilei Bahai Ayavahanafik. So they had, what would they do was, they uh, would actually, according to what Algamar is saying, the beams would be put like, uh, um, it would basically, like a puzzle almost. And that if you had a, a you put a, a beam, like, like tri- they, they look a little bit triangular, and, or like a mountaintop, and you put them next to each other in a way that they didn't uh, that they didn't stick out, and were all aligned. Um, so it wasn't just uh, the same size beams being put up all around the Mishkan to, to create the walls of the Mishkan, but rather they it was uh, one the one which was thicker would be placed upside down to the next to the one which was thinner on the top. And therefore, it all fit together uh, like uh, like if you stacked up triangles, and all the sides would be uh, would be flush. Says the Gemara. So we quote the Gemara quotes the pasuk. That the middle, there was a bar that went, there were holes in the beams, and they had bars which would uh, go from one end to the other. So the it was a middle bar, but that went through all the beams, and that's what held them up. We learned in the Mishnah, and really it was a miracle how it stood. Um, what was the miracle over here? The Rashi says, made the third ultra wide line, third medium wide line down of Rashi on the left side, Sha'akusha Krashim Kulan is Sunim Badanim Latsafan the Mayr Vladarm, 
The metal rod was placed into this hole in the middle of the beans once the walls had already been assembled. And that means it had to bend through uh, one two, through uh, the corners. It had to, the metal went through the beans and would bend at each corner to go into the next section of beans, next wall. This is, there's no such thing as a bendable metal rod that once the wall is already standing, you can insert and it will, the metal will be able to twist and still maintain the structural integrity. Um, I guess today, if you had like some, I mean, I don't know, you have, if you, if you had some sort of spray, like they do it with pipes, with PVC, they can spray it on in place. So that if the spray, it can travel and then becomes hard in its place. But with metal, how you have no way of doing that, metal would, the metal would bend as it went through. Yeah? Um, okay, says the Gemara. They made 10 curtains for the Mishkan. How long was each curtain? Each one was 28 Amos. Shadi or Kayu Lepusia the Mishkan Kamahava. So uh, you had, uh, if you had a curtain, 28, that was 28 Amos long. Um, the Pasuk says all of them have the same measurements. The width, if it was 28 Amos wide, uh, the, the, if the Mishkan was 28 Amos wide, so now you have, yeah, so you have 28, everything's good. However, thou eser igra, take off 10 amas for the, um, for the width of the roof. So Rashi explains, uh, for the, for the, meaning the, the, the width of the space on top of the Mishkan was 10 amas. Pashaluhu tes lahai gisu, tes lahai gisa. So if you spread one curtain from one side to the other side, 28, but there was this gap of 10 in between that wasn't covered. So really, really you have um, 10 for the roof and nine for each side. Basilu Tesla Haigisa, Tesla Haigisa. Rabbi Yehuda, Magdalia, Adonim. According to Rabbi Yehuda, that they got narrower, uh, the beans got narrower, and uh, then on one side of the uh, of the beans, there were only one ama on one side. So then uh, you had megalia ama adanim. You had the place where the adanim, where the where the uh, the sockets that uh, that were exposed. According to 
um, as the each beam was 10 amas high, so the bottom ama where it was connected with sockets uh, was never covered, didn't stretch that far down. The Reb Nechemya, right, we said 10, uh, 10 in the middle, the curtains were 28, 10 they had to give up for the roof as it, was, it went from one side to the other. So you had 18 left, nine on each side, and the walls were 10 high. So you had one ama of the wall exposed. Uh, the Reb Nechemya, according to Rabbi Nechemya, uh, the Megalia ama the Krushim, Megalia ama the Krushim, the one ama of the actual walls was exposed. It, it, it was exposed. Says the Gemara, Shadi Pusayu La'arka the Mishkan Kama Havi, Shadi Pusayu La'arka. If you were to try putting the width of the curtains across the length of the Mishkan. So let's see how this is going to work. Orka the Mishkan Tamahava Aboin. The Mishkan, how uh, how was the how much was the width of the Mishkan? Forty. Dal Tlasin Leigra. If you take off ten for the roof, Pashluhu Yud. Leigra, sorry, Dal Tlasin. Leigra Pashluhu Yud. If you take off thirty for the roof, you'll end up with ten. What's confusing over here? So we're measuring now that we're measuring the Mishkan the other direction, and um, so we know already that it didn't cover the sides; were not covered. Um, one armor was missing from each side, and if you go the other direction, then. Um, then you also have uh, the same thing. You have the same uh, one that's missing. Rabbi Yehuda mechasya amada adonim. Rabbi Nechemya megalia amada adonim. The only difference comes out whether, according to according to Rabbi Yehuda, everything is covered. Even the adonim are covered. According to Rabbi Nechemya, you're still missing one amba. Says the Pasuk, you would make uh, curtains for the from goat hair for the tent. How much was the the length of each curtain that we're talking about over here for the oil? The the length was thirty amas. Shadi the Mishkan Kamahava plus and dal. So again, if you had uh, oil with the roof of 10 amas, so then, and the curtain was 30, it hung down on each side 10 amas. That's very good. According to Rabbi Yehuda, everything was covered. According to Rabbi Nechemya, which the, it was still a little bit exposed. Tanya nami hachi. We learned in a brisa. The pasuk says, "Ba'ama mizeh, ba'ama mizeh, ba'oyd of ayruchirias." 
that there was an ama ba'idif sticking out on each side of the curtains. Bechas is ama shaladanim Yehuda. Uh, that the curtains were able to cover the area of the sockets, according to Reb Yehuda. The extra ama covered the beams. If you, um, if uh, it, it was to cover the beams, if you put the width across the length of the Mishkan, the, the width of the curtains across the length of the Mishkan, what was the measurements then? Kamahava, Mem, it was 40, Mem Va'arba, Dal Tulasin Le'igra, 44 minus 30, Pasha Lahu, Arba Sari, Sari, you had 14 left to cover the sides. Dal Tarti Le'kfala, you had to subtract, um, uh, you had to subtract Two amas, as the pasuk says, the ksev kafas yiris as shishas of oil. That one part of the curtain was doubled over. Tarti sorry. So fourteen minus two amas is twelve. Bishla mother Rabbi Yehuda the ksev chatsi yiriyai defes tisra. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the pasuk says. Uh, that it showed half the, the half curtain was hung over, the, there was an overhang of half of the curtain. So we said there were 12, um, there were 12 amas, and the, on the tops of the curtains was, there was, there was only a, a very narrow, it was a contribute, it was only an expa, so therefore the curtain did not, uh, the curtain did not go over the width of any beam at that point, because on the top there was no width to the beams. What what overhang is there since the extra thickness of the beams caused the curtains to not um, did not make it long enough to have any overhang? Says the Gemara. Uh, that curtain was longer than the rest. That what is what is the Mishkan compared to? A woman who walks in the marketplace and her skirt is dragging behind her. So too, the one curtain was the curtain. One of the curtains was made with uh, overhang that they would cover the entire width of the beams. On Rabbanan, says the Gemara, last line, Tzadik Chesam in base. Charutzin, the Hayu Prashim, the Chalulim Hayu Adon. The beams had grooves in them. And the the sockets had spit holes in them. It says the nearin crossing blue lies and the the hooks that were on the the curtains looked like stars in the skies. Um, Rashi explains somehow that. Uh, what how that appeared to be that each hook 
gave it the appearance of a, of a star. That is the conclusion of this portion of the discussion based on what we started off. We said, how could it be that you have an area of the Mishkan that was covered or uncovered in a public domain? The Gemara said, let's look at the wagons. The wagons used to be used to transport the beams. And the Gemara said, was there, Gemara debated, was there an area underneath the wagons that the beams of the Mishkan would have covered or not? And the Gemara came out as machlekes, how the beams looked. But that machlekes has a big ramification for understanding how big the curtains were, whether there was any extra part to cover the fact that if you had altogether 48 beams, uh, sorry, 40 beams, uh, and each one was an amma thick, so you're going to be adding on to each side of the Mishkan two ammas, and the curtains will not fit all the way to the ground, except according to Rabbi Nechemia, according to Rabbi Yehuda, we said he doesn't understand that they're thick on the tops as well, only on the bottom. And according to Rabbi Nechemia, we resolved it by saying that the curtains actually had an extra two amas attached to it to make up for the thickness of the beams, to make up for the thickness of the beams. And that's the Gemara continues on the next Ahmed, which will leave for Josh uh, the rest of the Mishpah and yeah. this discussion. I'll just share with you a beautiful vart I saw from the Sephardic. Okay. Uh, this week's Parsha is Parsha's Bahaloyscha. And Parsha's Bahaloyscha, uh, they were instructed, Bnei Aaron were instructed, Bahaloyscha Saneiris al Mulknem, and Eurishiva so we know that the, in the base of Mikdash, the menorah, they were, they were commanded to light it. And we know that the, there were seven, the, the, the base of Mikdash menorah had seven, three on each side, one in the middle. So the, the Sephorna explains that uh, what does it mean, the Iru Shivas Haneris, that all seven Neris, uh, all seven nairs have to be focused towards the middle. The ones on the right would look toward, would be looking towards the middle, and the ones on the left would be looking to, uh, uh, to that middle candle, mi- middle light. He says this before that. He says, you have in Klau Yisrael people on the right and people on the left. And, I mean, he says it refers to... People who are seeking and people who are seeking people who are looking for an eternal life of reward from Hashem and people who are learning Torah towards uh, to the people who are turning towards uh, eternity by looking at things with a long-term view. And you have people who are just here not uh, you know they're Shaw, they're busy with things which only have a short-term ramification. Says, but ultimately, it's a cloud soul will always consist of people on the right and people on the left. But ultimately, the lesson of the menorah is, if you want to go up, if you want to have an aliyah, if you want to go up, you need everybody to work together, just like the menorah, the people on the right, the, the, the flames on the right, the flames on the left, are all able to look towards the middle and come to some middle ground 
and then Klal Yisrael can move forward and be successful. But in order for us to reach Hashem, we need that both sides of Klal Yisrael are all able to work together and reach Hashem through the middle ground. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful vart.